What is going on, my fellow geeks? Three movies with elves and a guy with a white beard. Not a lot of people accept it as canon. 2022 will be the year of Star Wars. Well, I have more than just one piece of geek news. I have been Isaac Hunter. Which is like high culture, but better. Hello, fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, the weekly pop culture podcast where we talk about all things geeky and geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. My name is Hope Goodall, host of the Raving Geeks podcast, along with my co-host, Carter, who will introduce himself in a minute with our question of the week. If you're just joining us for the first time and you like this episode and um, you can check out our other episodes at cm-life.com and any other place you listen to podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Just search Central Michigan Life Podcasts Raving Geeks. So it is the start of Black History Month and we wanted to do like a uh, mini series within our series this um, month on different um black culture movies or um black led movies uh so today if you recognize my background or if you can see carter's background you might be able to um guess what we're going to talk about today but we're going to start with the question of the week with what is your favorite black influence so the thing that has been created or influenced for the better by blacks and black culture um, I'm Carter Talley, and I, I would have to say it's probably Black Panther, um, just because that's like, it's, um, it's, it's all, it was like such, it was so cool to see Chadwick Boseman inspire a, an entire generation with the role that he got, and witnessing that flourish on screen, and going to go see all his movies when he was still alive, it was really cool to see. Um, mine is definitely jazz and blues, um, starting back during slavery. Of course, slavery is not a good thing at all whatsoever. Um, but the music that came from that and, um, in the South, it, I love jazz and I love, I should clarify, I like old jazz more than I like new jazz because some of the new jazz gets like too modern and in my opinion, gets away from um, the jazz sound. Mm -hmm. So my favorites are like uh, Duke Ellington, um, John Coltrane. I named one of my cats Louie for Louie Armstrong. And of course, he was also um, a big influence on me becoming a trumpet player too, because I loved hearing uh, his music and his trumpet playing. So uh, if you guys have any favorite Black influences, um, let us know in the comments, wherever you're listening or watching, um, or you can reach out to us on our social medias. We'd love to hear your responses um, to uplift the Black community. We're not trying to um, speak over top of them. These episodes are very much like us trying to show our support in all that they are able to do and to show the world that like hey it's more than just the black community that wants these things like we are we're showing our support for them as well so on to our next segment geek news mm -hmm. carter what have you got for us this week 
Uh, my geek news, it's kind of actually food related. Uh, I There wasn't much geek news in the week, but I just wanted to share that Cheez-It and Taco Bell are partnering together to make the crunch like the crunch wrap even more unhealthy with just a, a giant Cheez-It in the middle of it. It sounds ridiculous and disgusting. And also over on, it, this is really disappointing actually, uh, KFC coming out with a mac and cheese can taco where it's their fried chicken shaped as a taco shell and then there's mac and cheese in it. And I'm like, what? what's going down? What's going on down at K- good old KFC? And I think they need to uh, step back and reevaluate some of the choices that they've made because that just sounds, it just sounds so disgusting. Uh, my only movie news is that I know what you did last summer is getting um, a potential sequel with Freddie Prince Jr. coming back into the role. So, you know, we'll see how that goes for that. But that's all my geek news. Cool. Um, I have some good and bad um, Warner Brothers related news. But mm-hmm. so I'll start with the good. Um, the Batman Part 2 is set for release October 2025. So two more years um but the film is expected to be the second of three films with robert pattinson as batman um so i'm super excited for that one um yeah okay that was the only good news i have coming from warner brothers um this next one will be well these next two will be up for you guys to decide if it's good or bad um i'll start with this one james gunn has confirmed that the dcu will include both pg-13 and r-rated projects um he has also confirmed that superman legacy will be pg-13 so for me i sit there and go okay are you making this rating because you're adding super gore um are we adding certain words or what are we doing to make it this way and you're also going to cut off a bunch of your viewers from being able to watch these because what parent is knowingly going to let their little kid watch PG-13 superhero movie um, or rated R because I don't know how many got to watch uh, Deadpool when it first came out but I mean that's up for everybody else to decide how you want to go with that one um they have confirmed that the Flash will reset the DC universe. So Ezra Miller's uh, starring picture will change the status quo. I mean, I'm fairly sure most of you know, know how I feel about Ezra Miller. Um, I do not think this is a good thing at all. Um, but they have also voiced, they being James Gunn and his co-partner person, that I can never remember his name, um, who are in charge of the DCU, have made a statement where, like, they are proud of Ezra Miller for going into rehab and getting help, and, you know, they're going to support him through their journey, through his journey, and, okay, that's all good, grand, that he's getting help, but he still did a lot of child endangerment things and a lot of other very bad things, and you're supporting him over the non- controversial and actors like Henry Cavill um so of course James Gunn also speaking of Henry Cavill had to go and make a statement to try and make everything fire everything better 
the dumpster fire that they have started is still small. It's not exploded yet, but I think if they don't stop and reevaluate everything soon, it will explode. Um, but James Gunn said, we didn't fire Henry Cavill. Henry was never cast. For me, it's about who do I want to cast as Superman and who do I want filmmakers we have to cast. And for me, for this story, it isn't Henry. Which, okay, I get they want a younger um, Superman, Clark Kent. I get that. Um, but if I recall, Henry Cavill had like a couple more Superman movies in his contract with DC. Um so I don't know how it wasn't in his contract that he wasn't cast because he was. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. On to some better news now. Um, for fans of Bad Boy movies starring Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, we are getting a Bad Boys 4, which I thought that we already had 4. I thought there was a Bad Boys 3. Apparently Bad Boys 3 was Bad Boys for Life. So we're getting a sequel to that. Uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence um, told everyone, announced it during uh, on social media, on their Instagrams. Um, so I'm super excited for this because I absolutely love those movies. They have an amazing dynamic together. The way they're able to just like bounce off each other is fantastic. Um, the upcoming film, Michael, will keep the lead role in the family. Michael Jackson's nephew, Jafar Jackson, has landed the role of the King of Pop, an Antoine Fuqua-directed biopic. So, we're getting a Michael Jackson movie to start. Um, That's going to be about Michael Jackson's life, and then his nephew gets to star as a young Michael Jackson. And I think that is an awesome way um, to not only, like, show the support for Michael Jackson, but to, like, make sure that he is well-represented um, especially keeping it in the family. The Outer Banks 3 season 3 trailer finally dropped. That's one trailer down for what I am um, looking forward to. I'm still waiting for Shadow and Bone. Um, and then Fast 10, which Fast 10 comes out this Friday, the trailer for that. Um, and then the Percy Jackson series has finished filming. And so... I really need a trailer to come out right now because, oh, that one looks so good. Um, But so Outer Banks season three will be on Netflix on February 23rd. So not too long now for Outer Banks season three, where we get to find out what happened to the Pogues and we get to see Rafe take over the family. And um, speaking of Henry Cavill, in good news, he and Guy Ritchie are doing a World War II um movie which is called the ministry of ungentlemanly warfare i had mm-hmm. to say it slow because otherwise i just like tongue twister um but they added alan richardson who is um jack reacher i wanted to make sure i got the right not jack ryan jack reacher uh henry golding Alex Pettifer, which some of you may know as Alex Ryder, he was in. He was also in Beastly. Um, Carrie Ells, Eels, I can never say his name right. Um, as um, Devereaux in Psych, and then he was the king in Ella Enchanted. Hero Feeney Stephen, who 
is most notably known for uh, his roles in the After series, as well as playing a young Tom Riddle um, in the Harry Potter series. We have Babs Olu San Mokon, Till Schweiger, and Henry Zaga. So we got a, kind of a star-studded cast and also bringing in new people, um, which is really great. Um, Missy Elliott is the first female rapper to be nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, so we're talking Black history and she is a Black artist. And I think that that is amazing that she gets to, during Black History Month, um, that she gets nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That 90s show on Netflix has already been renewed for season two. So Netflix made a smart decision for the first time in a while. Um, and then, oh, Night Court on NBC has also been renewed for season two. They still have a few more episodes for this first season, um, but it's already been renewed for a second season. And then Yellowstone's prequel, 1923, um, is also renewed for a second season, which is pretty good that uh, Harrison Ford and, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on her name? Anyways, that they are both, you know, a star-studded cast with them as well, and that they get a season two um, for the prequel. So we have news in the Descendants world as well. So everybody thinks that the Descendants world kind of ended um, after the third movie. And then also because of the animated episodes or movie that was about Mal and Ben's wedding, there is a sequel movie. It's called The Pocket Watch. And it follows uh, the Queen of Hearts daughter, who is Red, and... Chloe, who is Cinderella's perfectionist daughter. And we have some casting news for them as well. Jeremy Swift and Leonardo Nam have joined the cast. Um, and then we've got um, Brandy as Cinderella as well. But So the plot so far that they've set out is when the Queen of Hearts incites a coup, a, a coup against Oridon, Polar opposites, Red and Chloe, must join forces and travel back in time to undo the traumatic adolescent event that set Red's mother down her villainous path. Um, so we have Jeremy Swift is set to portray Principal Merlin, which I'm super excited that we finally get Merlin. Uh, he's the principal of Merlin Academy. And then Leonardo Nam will be playing Maddox, who is the son of the Mad Hatter, who is working as the royal inventor-in-chief for the Queen of Hearts. Hmm. Uh, he's also Red's inquisitive and irrepressibly curious tutor and friend. So, yeah, I'm super excited for that. I sent that to my niece because she absolutely loves the Descendants movies, um, <laughs> yeah. especially Mal. So she's been Mal one year. And still has the costume for, uh, for Halloween. Mm -hmm. But yeah. That is our geek news for the week. So now on to our geek topic. Which this week, because the second movie was just released on 
Disney Plus, we thought it was super important to start off um, in a way of honoring Chadwick Boseman, but also talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever, um, which, so I'm going to start with, Carter, it's been a little bit longer for you since you've seen it. I just saw it this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was your initial reaction for the movie, if you remember? Oh, I know. I remember it very vividly. Um, it was a really, just a really stellar movie. It was such a hard task for them to make it without Chadwick. And I thought the product was more than I, you know, it was more than I thought it was going to be. It was a really touching tribute to him while handing off the mantle off to his sister. And it was a really good movie. I think my review gave it a nine out of 10 when it came out. Thank you. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Um, I'll be honest. I told my dad I did not like the silence when they were doing the Marvel. Um, yeah, I, thought, I wish they put music there. It was kind of awkward. I started bawling my eyes out. I like there are very few celebrity deaths that have hit me super hard, but Chaz- Chadwick Boseman's death was one of those that like. I don't think I fully processed it for a while. Um, but it was like seeing the tribute to him. Um, and then at the end of the movie too, and like hearing the waves at the end, and then realizing that that was what was heard mm-hmm. during the title sequence, like one blew my mind. Um, but two, like that was very much. Let's have a moment of silence for the passing of our friend, creator, um, and Black Panther, even though we're making a movie to uh, pass the mantle on. Mm-hmm. But, oh my gosh, yeah, I was putting my new fish in my fish tank, and I think I would have been sobbing a lot harder if I wasn't doing something. So it's probably a good thing that I didn't see the movie in theaters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really good movie um, to watch. And I I loved all of it, honestly. So mm-hmm. um, but so my next question is excuse me. What do you think of uh Namor and how they went about creating Namor and um the underworld city and the people and everything uh i thought it was a really cool take um i'm glad that he kind of got differentiated from aquaman like his his history for it um compared to aquaman is completely different and i really loved all the things that they explored with this character and he was, he was a really interesting he was a really interesting villain well he's a, he wasn't even really a villain it was like more of like an anti-hero or an anti yeah. anti-villain yeah he was the hero for his people but the villain for the surface world Mm -hmm. which i found really interesting um especially because like he did go to shuri and um athena not athena grant that's the wrong character oh my gosh that's her other show angela bassett's character why can't i remember her name the queen Mm -hmm. um like when he first shows up to them and then like I figured he and Shuri would be able to figure something out together and I mean they kind of did at the end um oh probably should put a spoilers on this episode 
Um, but if you haven't seen it, it's on Disney Plus, and so you can go watch it and figure out what we're talking about fully. Um, but like I, I found it also really interesting. You're talking about the separation of between him and Aquaman, mm-hmm. and I found it interesting that like at least the Aquaman that I understand. I think they might have done something similar in Smallville with Alan Richson's Aquaman, um, where they like essentially dried him out with the heat. Um, but that between his and Jason Momoa's, Jason Momoa's character seemed that like he could last longer on land. Like he might want to be around water more mm-hmm. because it felt comfortable. Um, but he was also very comfortable on land. And so I found like the separation of like, no, Namor is staying in the water by his people. Um, Even when they were in the cave, it was technically an underwater cave that just didn't have water coming into it. Right. Um, And that like he had to keep diving into the water to get his strength back. And um, so, yeah, I found that um, difference absolutely amazing. Um, let's see. As far as other characters go, who is one character you think the movie could have done without? Um, probably Ironheart's character. Really? Yeah, well, I get that she's, like, the main plot point, but just, like, the character in general could have been left out, and the U.S. government made the machine that found vibranium in the ocean. I don't know. Um... I, she wasn't really integral besides just the plot point with the machine. So I think they could have just done without her. Yes and no. Like, I, I see your point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in order to have, like, that extra conflict of, like, no, Wakanda is against us because they went behind our backs and not only saved their princess but then saved the person who's threatening us um i i don't think it would have been the same if they just like kind of mentioned hey there's the scientist but like don't actually bring in the scientist yeah because i think if they had just gone and um rescued shuri that it would be like oh well they're just taking their princess back like okay you know they snuck into our place they killed one of our people but you know is that something that you're gonna go to war for right then or is that something you're gonna kind of plot out and wait for something bigger and so i think having um what was it yeah riri um as you know that in the inciting incident like rescuing her as well not just leaving her um Right, really set right. up the conflict a lot more. I actually think we could have done it without Valentina. I found it interesting. Yeah, and the whole yeah, the whole side plot with Martin Sheen's character whose name Everett Ross. Everett Ross, Ever. yeah. Like I liked Everett Ross. I especially liked uh when he was running and then Sherry's little beaded like bee or whatever. You know, and then he's doing like that snake thing from um the second or the newer 
Karate Kid, the remake, um, where, you know, it's following his every move. And then he realizes, oh, okay, I got to go follow this. Um, I think, in my opinion, if she had come in at the end and, like, in that way, like, still arrested him and everything, I think that would have been more of, like, a oh, shit moment because she yeah. has been teased in um, Hawkeye, technically the end of Black Widow, and... um falcon and winter soldier like she's been teased so we know right. she's there um so i think if she had come in at the end again we could have seen like oh that's who's in charge of the cia that's um you know that's who's been keeping him from doing this and maybe we can't really trust her i mean we still got that mistrust from her a little bit but i feel like it could have been greater if her role and like the reveal was pushed back a bit yeah i definitely agree with that um as far as um bringing back killmonger to be who shuri sees in the ancestral realm how do you think that like fully played out um you know, they that was a difficult decision. I'm Wana, I really like Killmonger's character from the first Black Panther. And I think it was kind of the right choice because the world, like it's our world was still reeling from the death of Chadwick Boseman to not have him in the ancestral plane. But uh, I don't know. It's a it's a touchy subject, but I really like where they took like they had Killmonger. Like it wasn't just Killmonger to be Killmonger, it was Killmonger to advise um mm-hmm shuri where to go next and take her vengeance and take it out on namor and i think that was like the nice little kick in the butt the character needed to do what was necessary so i didn't i didn't mind it and then you know when she goes back again into the ancestral plane and then sees her mom then i think it kind of like um that like it's okay for killmonger to show up yeah i mean I think it was interesting too how he said that um she like essentially summoned him not like yeah. summon summons but like you know he was the one that was on her mind or you know that she needed to talk to instead of her mom because I think if Queen Ramonda um had been the one she saw in the ancestral realm she just would have ignored her instead of like she would have been like okay well i understand that like i should show mercy but he literally killed you and all of our people or a bunch of our people to the point that we sent them all up into the ice cold mountains um yeah and like having her mom come back as the voice of reason later i think really showed that like the ancestral plane shows you who you need at the time mm-hmm. instead of like who just you want to see because if we go back to the first black panther movie um t'challa saw t'chaka which part of that was literally you know transferring the role of black panther onto the next one but then we also saw the other ancestors as black panthers 
Um, but you know, it was still Tachaka was the one who needed to tell T'Challa, like, no, you know, this is what I did. You need to be your own person. You need to be your own, you know, you need to figure out what kind of king you want to be. Um, but other than that, like, I mean, they also didn't set up anyone else for us to know who had died right. for the first Definitely. Black Panther. Um, but I still found it, like, you could still see how it connected of like who do you need to see at a specific time instead of just oh the person you want to see or who just died right um, which was really explored more in this movie all right so just to like finish out our conversation here um we wanted to go back to Chadwick Boseman's death but also the death of T'Challa or at least older to T'Challa um at the beginning of the movie which of course they had to add in um but I think they did a really nice job of like setting up the rest of the movie as well because you Mm -hmm. could see how Shuri became so frustrated um afterwards and like why she would still hold it with her and like like what what are your thoughts on it too like how they showed it it's the best that they could have done it's off screen but like it's taken in like such a time of tension where i bet it was pretty real to see chadwick's bows and his family see what they probably would have like been dealing with oh yeah i personally think the movie should have opened up with the funeral not the death scene that was a little iffy to watch um but I have no real problem with it. I it, all I know is that it was well received. So that's all I really care about too. I think if they didn't have, if they just started with the funeral scene, there wouldn't have been the way for some people to process their emotions too. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure that there were other people who were like me that you know didn't fully process that Chadwick Boseman it has passed away. Um, like yeah, we've seen it so much, but you know, when we think of Black Panther, we still think of him and um and just in general the icon that he is. Um, both Black Panther, T'Challa, and Chadwick Boseman. Um, but I also think I don't know that they could have done like a flashback or explained it well enough to like be able to explain why Shuri was so frustrated right um with like not being able to save her brother um if they didn't have his death scene initially because you could see her there you know like and we also get the um oh my gosh what i can't think of the word but like not the shift but essentially the shift of like her at the beginning, you know, going through the different DNA molecules and like pulling out the bubbles, doing stuff with it, putting it back in. Oh, it's still red. Mm-hmm. Um, but then seeing, oh, no, you know, this is best chance we got to go fast. So just make it. And then it's too late to at the end where she's finally able to make the DNA go green and then produce it and have success. Mm-hmm. Um why I'm not thinking of the word I don't know I apologize um but I think 
like that part also showed Shuri's part of her story because then you think oh if she's um able to create the flower then you know maybe she'll be okay like she can forgive herself and then you're like wait nope never mind because she saw Killmonger instead of T'Challa which I mean that part was also what can you do um (laughs) when you don't have the actor um but yeah I think so I think that I wasn't the biggest fan of how it went I'll say that because maybe if like you know it finished printing the heart or whatever finished printing and then she was able to run to was trying to run to his room or wherever he was and then Queen Ramonda um stopped her I think that might have had a little bit greater of an impact right um just like thinking of how Shuri feels that she failed but that Because that would also, like, show later, like, oh, yeah, you've been able to complete this, but now can you actually be able to go through with it and, like, use it for good instead of just, well, you completed it, now it's just there. Right, right. Um, But also, speaking of Queen Ramonda and um, Shuri and then Riri, this movie was very definitely women-powered especially black women powered um showing off the strength how black women can be super smart like riri and shuri um they can be strong like queen ramonda and um okoye Mm -hmm. um and all of the dora melage um and then you know having that not just being their only um contribution like the one it was ao um she was also super sassy and she was like oh but i like the knives and then okoye was like no you can't have knives we use spears (laughs) yeah um but you know i i think at the same time of doing that I don't know to me it also just felt like the men kind of controlled a lot of the storyline more than the women Mm -hmm. I don't know if you felt the same way or if you thought that there was more like it felt equal to you I think it felt equal I mean for this movie we had like a male antagonist to balance out some of the gender ratios and um I was actually totally fine with it we've had a lot of a Marvel movie starring men it's kind of nice to get an almost all female cast I think for me um oh my gosh the no who is Namor's um like second in command Atuma yeah I think the female one I think that's her uh Namora I think maybe I don't remember um but i thought i feel like if it was her and shuri there might have been a bit more like women power and like trying to show women trying to lift each other up or you know but having these conflicts of like trying to protect their people trying to avenge whatever um because to me like 
don't get me wrong i loved namor i loved um that conflict but at the same time it was almost like oh here's another guy gonna impose his will on you know over a female again and it's like oh great that's 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 great that's you know um but at the same time like the power that she showed the mercy at the end I, I feel like it could have been stronger if it was the female second in command fighting her instead of namor yeah but i also understand it's the comics and so you can't fully change a whole lot in the comics to the movie especially if you're st- trying to stay true to the um comics but i also really loved um at the end full spoiler alert to everyone who is listening if you have not watched black panther wakanda forever and if you have not watched the only end credit scene um that they had uh but onakia and her son like they showed how they were going to continue on with black panther especially with t'challa and keeping that line alive which i absolutely loved and the kid who played prince t'challa was absolutely adorable Mm -hmm. um it was clever i didn't think about it i'm like oh yeah he could just have a son and call him t'challa jr you know basically t'challa jr (laughs) well and like i feel like a lot of his the little boy's facial expressions i was watching it all i was like please tell me you watch um like my brain was sitting there going you either watched chadwick boseman movies or you know got to interact with him at some point or maybe you're related to him because some of the facial expressions i was like yep I, i can see that they did a really nice job casting of like because sometimes you can tell like you could be like okay i can see how these two can create this one kind of like how uh miles teller yeah yeah (laughs) where it was like oh yeah i've never had this until now where i have been told that i could be these two actors sign um but i could definitely see that with this the little boy Mm -hmm. um and he did a really nice job speaking too yeah he was like, a great little actor. Yeah. I think there was a little bit of a lisp, but that might have also been him trying to use an accent. Yeah. Because if they were in Haiti, um, and, you know, Shuri and Nakia have accents from being Wakandan. Um, but I think it was, fin- overall, the movie was absolutely phenomenal. We will always be able to um, pick apart things and say things that we didn't like. But overall, this movie, I don't want to speak on behalf of you, Carter, but I think you and I had the same thought of... Oh, I think we also, yeah, we did. Yeah, of like, this movie was phenomenally well done, especially considering the circumstances um, and having to change the storyline and, you know, fit in the real-life events of Chadwick Boseman's passing um, into the movie that he was cast in and all of a sudden you're going, okay, how do we 
how do we change this to still have our Black Panther hero um, and stay true to the comics, which, yeah, I, I mean, I haven't read the comics, so I can't comment on that part. But from my understanding, they did a really nice job of setting things up and staying true. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as always on Raving Geeks, we like to end our episodes with some geeky recommendations. Um, this can be anything from movies, books, TV shows, music, or something in our community that we want to share with everybody else and to make sure that everybody um, is able to enjoy and maybe geek out on it like us. So, Carter, what are your geek recommendations for today? Um, Not much came out this week. Um so I don't have much to recommend, but but just The Last of Us again, just gonna reiterate The Last of Us because it's been such a great TV show. And uh yeah, that's really it for my recommendations. Okay. Um, so the first one that I'm rec- gonna recommend, I apologize to everybody, um, because it only has two seasons, but I just found it on Hulu. It is called For the People. It's a legal drama between federal prosecutors and um, federal public defenders um, in New York City. Um, But I like it because it's one of the more diverse casts that I've seen for lawyer shows. Mm -hmm. Like typically it is like all white characters and then one non-white character. Um... They still could, you know, for the people could have used a bit more diversity, but the fact that one lawyer is Middle Eastern um, and then two are Black, um, that really, and then the lawyer or the lawyer, the head judge that is usually um, presiding over the court cases is also Black. And he is like the top judge. And um, so, and then also if anyone has seen, um, if anyone is at, from CMU and watching this and you were in Ari Burke's class um, and you got to see, yeah, uh, a couple of her, like, they weren't, they weren't like documentaries, but like it was her acting out all the different stories. Mm-hmm. Um, like one was about the LA riots. Um, but so it's the actress Anna Devere Smith. She is also in it, and she is phenomenal as always. Um, and I just learned something about her that she's also a professor. So whoever has her or had her for a professor, I am jealous because. She is a fantastic actress. Um, but the other one that I want to recommend is The Hate You Give, both the book and the movie, because um, I think that they did a phenomenal job with the movie. Um, I would recommend the On the Come Up, but I haven't watched it or read it yet. But if you, um, I've heard good things about it, so I will like say you should go watch it, but I'm also going to tell myself to go watch it and read it. Um, mm-hmm. But The Hate You Give is super important, and um, Angie Thomas actually wrote this as, like, her senior thesis type thing, um, 
And it was in response to all of her white classmates asking her about her feelings and thoughts on police brutality and police shootings. Um, So this book is more geared toward, this book of Angie Thomas's is more geared toward like helping white people understand how the black community feels about shootings, um, police shootings and police violence against the black community. Um, and so it is especially still relevant today, unfortunately. So this is a big one that to go watch. I will give you guys a warning for both the movie and the book at the end, uh, because it's very heart-wrenching. So there's a little bit of emotional damage, but... Yeah, also the inciting incident happens really early on in the book. So, like, at the end of the first chapter or beginning of the second. So, don't be surprised with that, um, with how quickly that comes up. But, yeah, they're both the book and the movie are phenomenal. So, mm-hmm. nice. um, yeah. So, if you guys want to reach out to us at all, um, we are on Twitter. Our Facebook is officially updated um we were able to get into that finally and then our tiktok as well um all searching raving geeks um we would love to hear from you guys about a question of the week a topic to do um in march or april or you know just commenting on anything if you guys have an answer for um our question of the week or anything we would love to hear from you guys so um mm-hmm. as always i have been hope Goodall along with my co-host carter sally and we hope that you guys have a great weeky and that you stay geeky see you guys yeah. later